We got the truth. We got the truth. We got the truth. A small business. We got the truth. We got the truth. We got the big truth. Here we go, here we go, go! Small business. Sponsored by! Yes, I rent. Yes, I rent. Yes, I rent property management. Place good tents and collect your rent. Maintain your properties and account for Back it. Back to it. True. We got the truth. We got the truth. Yeah, we do. We got the big truth. Small business. Sponsored by Yes, I Rent. Come on now. Yes, we do, guys. Welcome to the Big Truths of Small Business Podcast. Co-hosted today by Joe Watkins, Travis Castle, and Dan Watkins, otherwise known as Dan the Man. Dan the, Dan man. the man. Dan the Man is going to be a regular attendee in our podcast, so we're co-hosting today. And we've got some subject matter that we think is important today to talk about. What is it, Travis? Well, first off, before we go there, Dan, I want you to know that it's interesting to me that you start singing the song because I was reprimanded by your son. No less. A few weeks ago, he's listening to the podcast. Pretty good podcast, right? He goes, everything was good, Travis, except when you started singing. Yeah, but, you're not, but you're not his daddy. Hey, yeah, well, thank no. you. That's what I'm saying. Cognitive bias. <laughs> thank you. I, Precisely. I think, I think that's authority bias. <laughs> what that is. So I appreciate it. I'll be I'll be singing from now on. Okay, thank you, Dan. There you go. Thank you, Dan. All right. So today is a most interesting topic. You guys called me in around a month ago. Uh, on a, uh, I think it was possibly a Friday night, 10 o'clock-ish. So I knew I was on the podcast when you, you called. <laughs> and the, the idea here was discussing cognitive bias, which, interestingly enough, you know, we sit right here, today's what, April 22nd? We sit in the middle of the coronavirus, right, where every day the only news, and we don't know what's happening in the world other than how many people died of the coronavirus today or uh, you know, what all the stats and numbers, the press conference happening at five o'clock or what that that's what our world revolves around now. Who knows what else is going on? So this idea of cognitive bias, Joe and I were, were trying to come up with topics for the show. This has become the preeminent topic, in my opinion, because it seems to me right now the world is divided. Our, our governor, Governor Kemp, has basically said on Friday he's opening making it legal for uh, certain businesses to open back up and start conducting business with some parameters, right? So the response from this, the, the possibly the, what, what we're discussing, the bias here, you've got these two sides if you jump on any version of social media, which is one, oh my God, we're all going to die based on whatever you know facts I'm presenting, or you know, look, the economy, if the economy just goes to hell in a handbasket, there's going to be people die too. There's going to be strife and poverty here. So these are the two sides. You know, here we are again now. We're polarized, right? So we bring, we bring you on today, Dan the Man, to help us with, uh, with what's playing into these. You know, where, where are people falling here and why are they coming to these conclusions? And, what, and where does cognitive bias play into all this? Well, one of the things that uh, that uh, I think you mentioned a few minutes before, before we actually got on the air, was that no bias is good. Okay, and that's uh, I wanted to say up front that that's not correct. That bias is actually what allows us to survive, because cognitive bias comes from 
the evolution of mankind through all the things that, that mankind has had to survive through. And it is the cognitive biases that developed that allowed us to get through those. Now, so cognitive bias is, uh, for survival, very good stuff. In the society that we live in today, where survival is not our moment-to-moment consideration, cognitive biases can cause us to think inappropriately about our current situations in everyday life in a civilized society. So that's what cognitive bias is. It is the way that our brain works, the way that our brain thinks, the way that it processes information, the uh, assumptions that it makes, and the conclusions that it draws without having a complete picture. Okay. So, so Travis, in yeah. setting up the show, I want you to go over the other named biases that are all yeah. part of these cognitive biases. I think it's great for us to think about. Yeah, yeah. So there's cognitive bias, which is really a broad term, right? right. And, then, and then it shrinks down to what is actual. So, I, so here, here we go. So, and look, the research that I did was about... 35 seconds. Okay. So here, here, here's, here's, here's the, and, and, and here's the bias. Now, again, the topic of this is biases to avoid. All right. So I'll throw that out there. It doesn't mean they're all like you said, but here's ones that this author is saying, uh, watch out for. The first bias is the anchoring bias. Okay. What is the anchoring bias? I'm going to give you an example. Uh, you heard that a new stock was trading for $5. Uh, piece of information you got, reference, uh, you're thinking about the stock in the future. So in other words, this stock is trading, ABC stock is a $5 stock, right? And as you analyze additional information, you're, you're filtering it through the idea, your anchor to that stock, the first thing, first was, thing you heard. it's a $5 stock. Right. Well, no, today it's trading for 50. Right. Wait a minute. Is it an it's just inflated. It's a $5 stock, right? So that's the anchor. So there's an anchor, right? Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. Okay, anchoring bias. All right, number one. There's only five of these. Recency bias. Okay, well, it's in the name. Well, why don't we, can we, can we, give, a, can we give another example? Can I give another example of Fire anchoring away. bias? Fire away. One, one that, that, uh, that uh, the common, uh, is more common uh, that people might run into. Uh, when you go to a uh, to a uh, a car dealership or a jewelry store or an anything that sells expensive items, mm. okay, and they tell you that this is a thousand dollar diamond mm. marked down to eight hundred, mm. guess what that's using? They're anchoring you to the thousand. They're anchoring you to the thousand. Mm-hmm. That makes the eight hundred sound like a really good. It does. Deal. Yes, it's using well, sales all the time. Right, but they're also anchoring me to a super nice showroom. To uh, pro- probably somebody in a suit that's that right. looks different than the guy that is just wearing. They're adding a t-shirt. value that has nothing to do with the diamond. That's right. They're yeah. they're adding a lot of anchors. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. That's the true. primary one is the thousand dollars, though. Man, we need to write that down. We need to remember that for. Uh, <laughs> well, it's actually got a lot of great it's, uses. It's, it's to used it. all the time in, yeah, yeah. in marketing. Right? I have a nice office. Get people in there. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. Recency bias. Well, that's in the name, right? That's the most. Re- and, and Joe and I are like, hey, that. You know, we watched the basketball game last night. The guy scored 50 points. That's the best basketball player I ever saw. Well, okay. Is it? No, it's the one I saw last night, right? Recency bias. Most recent. Loss aversion. This is the one that's super interesting to me. Loss aversion. No one wants to lose money. Small losses happen all the time, especially on paper. So loss, loss aversion is the bias. It's a tendency to feel the effects of the losses more than the wins. Mm. Hurts when I lose at a much, I 
feel it at a much greater magnitude than they're, when they're, I they're outweighing the losses over the wins. Absolutely. Yeah. So so forget about the ultimate net. I just want to avoid my loss, right? Loss loss aversion. Right. And loss loss aversion is is one that that uh, uh, gamblers mm. uh, have an issue with, mm. right? They have loss aversion, so when they lose money, they can't stop because they expect to win it back. That's right. And they keep gambling, and they keep yeah. gambling, and they keep gambling. Yeah. Any Anything to prevent the last bet from being a loss. Right. I need the last bet, the one I tell you about, I need it to be I won because I'm, mm-hmm. I'm brilliant, right? Well, and, that, and there's another bias there. I don't know what you call it, but they're – they're expect they ha, they somehow expect to beat the odds, like statistically the odds are the odds. Right. But somehow today and and in this weekend, I'm going to beat the odds and I'm going to keep going because if I keep going, I'll beat the odds. No, you won't. The house will win all the time. Well, that you know, I mean that that gets us back to a much more fun conversation for me, which is the Las Vegas conversation, because because those guys have mastered. Here, All the biases. It, 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 yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah. But, but but yet you can take a group of, of engineers or mathematicians. They have conferences in Las Vegas, and they all go gamble and lose money. I mean, how is this? These guys know the numbers. They know what's going well, to happen. there's some entertainment, ba- entertainment there's value. There's some entertainment yeah. value, too. But look, if you're constantly holding up the picture of the guy that just won the big jackpot, right? right, right. right? So you're, you're messing with, uh, with my bias there. So that's loss aversion. Confirmation bias. This is the one I hear talked about a lot these days. Okay, so confirmation bias. Taking in information only that conforms to your beliefs, right? Uh, this is the one I, I think. I think be, it's the most powerful one. Well, I think it's it can the, be. And it's the most common, too. It can be disastrous to me. So, so this is the one that can actually. We'll talk probably mostly about that one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it, it's tempting, the author says, because it's satisfying to see your previous conviction in a new positive light. Mm. However, it also makes it possible to miss important findings that may help change your conviction. Absolutely. Right? Okay. And then the final one is the, you know, the one I think we all started hopping on along about uh, seventh grade, the bandwagon bias. <laughs> right? Uh, peer pressure bias, another name for it. I right. want to be left out. That's right. Yeah. Mm. I mean, I want, I want to get on the bandwagon. So if this guy did it and he's the captain of the, the football team, then, then I must be right. I must do it too, right? So, so those are the, I guess those are five biases there. That the, again, this is on the side to avoid. Not saying they're all bad, but these are the ones where maybe decision making is taking place for a lot of people. Well, and, that's what we're talking about. Right. We're talking about, you know, we're we're talking to 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 small business guys who are in a pretty different environment right now, and they're all making decisions in their business right now. And what we're wanting to do is expose the fact that we're all operating from different biases. And the more that we can educate ourselves and understand what is in front of us in just our regular decision-making, yeah. then we're, we're likely to make a better decision because we're all biased by these things. Absolutely. And it was one of the ways that, that I've addressed this cognitive bias issue my whole life is that I challenge myself all the time. Every time I think something, I challenge myself. And if I can find somebody to talk to about it that will challenge me, I seek that out because if they challenge me and I can support my position, okay, then I feel better about what I'm thinking. If I can't support my position, then I look to see what bias I have fallen into, what bias trap. Right, and you've got to, to seek. You know, this this actually falls within a bias. You have to seek the people that are capable of the challenge. That's right. 
Otherwise, we're seeking to, to, to either co- confirm our own bias. That's right. That's, that's yeah. right. Kind of, yeah, they have right. to be capable of your level to, to, to make the challenge. Right. We've all, we've all heard the term uh, devil's advocate. Okay. Whoever's good at playing the devil's advocate is a good person to talk to to challenge your bias. I'm a good one, Dad. So am I. You came by. All right. So I want to throw this out there then. What, what is, give me an example of a, a, a time in your life where you held a conviction. You knew something to be true based on, frankly, let's, let's, let's say based on any one of these biases or maybe another one that we haven't mentioned, right? And then you changed your mind. Well, Travis, I hate to tell you, but you're as old as I am. It's been so long ago since that happened to me. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Well, well, what's what's I, what's I can't remember. What, what, is, there an exper- <laughs> is there an experience bias? <laughs> let me. No, no, no. no. Let, 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 let me guess. You didn't want to have kids, and then Joe came along, and you were confirmed that you were right. <laughs> uh, yeah. That was pretty good on the fly, but, but, but also recognize that in, in truth, that I have been, uh, even before I knew what to call it, you know, cognitive bias, uh, I, I, one of my favorite topics is to study how the brain works and how we think. And uh, I've always done that. And so I knew that there was something always going on that could cause us to think things that didn't really fit. Okay, and so I've challenged myself about how I think about things my whole life. And, 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 and as you grow with experience, you do come across less and less opportunity for you to get off of the track and be proven wrong about something when you challenge yourself all the time about everything that you think. Mm-hmm. So you guys being, uh, you know, the young, you know, the young punks that you are mm-hmm. probably could, could come up with a, with an opportunity better than I could. Yeah. Of when that's happened. Well, to you. let me ask you this. So before you got here, I asked Joe, I said, what, what did your, uh, forgive me. What'd your old man do? <laughs> what what do he do for a living? How did he feed you growing up? And he talked to me. You worked for Motorola mm-hmm. for a number of years, right? Thirty five. Thirty five. Man, I, I remember. So my first memory of Motorola was in the eighties. My my dad, my old man, uh, who's who's passed away. He'd take me to to play golf, and he was a small business owner. And the guys we were playing with weren't. So we'd be out in the middle of the golf course, of course, the farthest distance away, and he would get – his pager would go off, his Motorola. Absolutely. Pager yeah. would go off. Yeah. And he'd look at the guys, and I remember it happened every time. He'd go, guys, i got to go to the clubhouse and return this phone call, you know. And they're like, oh, come on. You know, they'd give him hell about it. And he'd go return the – because that's Motorola to me, right? Yeah. So, uh, so I, I – but having said that, I know that Motorola at the time, I don't know the percentages. I mean, I was young, but I know these guys dominated kind of the small electronics or the communi- communication market Communications, for a while. Uh, you know, the, you know way, way back when, you know, if you're, if you're old enough, you might remember uh, the Quasar television. Mm-hmm. They advertised the Quasar television with the works in a drawer. Okay, well, that was a Motorola. Okay. So and Quasar brand was Motorola? Quasar brand oh, was Motorola. <clears throat> okay. And when Motorola got out of the consumer electronics business, the television, radios, and so forth, they sold that to Panasonic. Hmm. So it was then Panasonic Quasar. I think that's what but I it was. But it was yeah. originally mm-hmm. was a Motorola Quasar 
works in a drawer. Okay. Okay. So then, uh, you know, Motorola got into, uh, and their focus was communications for public safety and, and business communications. Mm-hmm. Okay. Those, those two elements right. of communications, two way communications. And, uh, they were, they were the leader in that and still the leader in that today. Oh, wow. Uh, and if you, if you, uh, remember back, uh, when we first man first walked on the moon, you know, and everybody's heard the, you know, one small step for, for man, mm. one giant leap for mankind. Mm. That was communication from the moon back to earth via Motorola radio. <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow. 1969. Right. Yeah. Now, the other thing is that people don't realize is everybody carries a cell phone on their, on their belt today. Yep. Motorola invented cellular technology. Uh, built, built the the first cell phones, made the first cell phone call in New York in the 1970s, uh, built the infrastructure, and was the only game in town to begin with because Motorola invented it. Now, what they what they didn't do was because they, Motorola didn't realize that the cell phone business was back to a consumer product line, mm-hmm. which means you got you got to turn it faster. Right. Okay. Business communications and and public safety communications, you churn those every ten to fifteen years. Right. Well, you got to churn this every year, or you yep. can't make any money at it. Yep. So Motorola didn't know how to do that anymore, and so when the Japanese companies got in, involved in cellular business, they 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 beat Motorola out, even though Motorola invented the technology. So so. To, to bring it back to that, what what was so you sitting in that company? How many years did you work for Motorola? Thirty five. Thirty five. So thirty five years in Motorola. It sounds to me like, and the reason I brought that story up about the the pager, you know, and what you're saying here is the reality is instead of saying Apple or I have an iPhone, I mean I Motorola, Motorola. Motorola was what, was positioned much better. To be that version. So w- was there any version of what we're talking about today? Some assumptions, what, some what, what bias. What was Motorola's? What was their bias? Cognitive bias that prevented them from, from, from capitalizing on their very invention. Their own invention, right. Yeah. Well, they, I, I think, I think their, their biggest one was, uh, was probably anchoring bias. Yeah. Okay. Because they were anchored to the technology, they were anchored yeah. to the way that they did business in a two-way radio business as oh, opposed yeah. to the cell phone business. Mm-hmm. Okay. And the other thing that really killed Motorola was when, when uh, cell phones went from analog to digital. Mm. Okay. Motorola lagged behind. Motorola mm. said analog is going to be the. They, they, they were anchored where they were. They were, they were anchored where, where their money were. was. Mm. They, that's right. Where their money was, what they were familiar with, and so they stayed with analog technology too late confirmation bias as well so any studies they did any projections any estimates were done by guys that were filtering it through what they needed what what they what they need to be true yeah and and, and you can tie that back also to those biases come from your you know your sunk cost is sort of where the anchoring bias comes from when you have that much invested in a direction yeah right it's the gambler's How fallacy. How do you move that? Right. The guy over here who's starting out says, oh, hey, that's not where it's going to be. Right. We're starting yeah. over here. Yeah. Right. That, Another, anchor, that anchor hurt them. That's right. That anchor hurt them. Another um, thing that there's, that there's a pleasing bias, okay, that one has to be careful of in business, I think happened at Motorola along those same, on, on the same subject matter, was when your boss comes to you and says, what do you think we should do? And you know what he wants to hear. Right, mm. you tell him. So that's mm-hmm. uh, what he wants to hear. That's that's sort of the peer pressure bias, right? That's peer well, pressure bias, right? Yeah. It's also this whole conversation with Motorola is also loss aversion. Right. I mean, they, they, they've got something to uh, 
to, to keep up with, right? They, they, they need the status quo to be true, right? Right. So any risk here is also a risk of loss of status quo. Well, that's right. So, and here's, so here's the results of that. The results of that is you can still go buy a Motorola phone, okay? There's still yeah, Motorola right. cell phones yeah. out there. But Motorola sold, the, they, they divided the company into two companies, two businesses, mm-hmm. one the cell phone business and one the two-way radio business. Mm-hmm. Then after a year of that, Google bought it, bought the cell phone business, mm-hmm. kept it for a year, and then sold it to Lenovo, mm-hmm. which, is a, which is a Chinese company. That's right. Mm-hmm. So to, to me, all this comes back to, to the guy that's likely listening to this. And, and Joe and I were talking about this before you got here, Dan, which is, man, we, we could be, again, this is all filtered through whatever lens you're, you're needing to see it through, unfortunately. But, you know, are, are we in a time right now to where we need to recognize these biases and determine for the small business owner or the medium business owner or the large business owner the viability in this new market we're about to walk into. I mean, so 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 my belief here is most businesses are six month businesses. Well, and what you asked before right. the show was this, and I think this is what we want to get down to is how does the 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 this the small business guy and by the way, uh uh a guest I had here in the house this weekend rem- didn't realize this. And let me define this. A small business by the the IRS by the federal government is 500 employees or less. Hmm. Yeah, it's a pretty big small business. It's a pretty it big pretty business. Pretty big, so yeah. It didn't occur to him. When he thought, thought small business, he thought, you know, 10 guys, 20 people, whatever. Sure, yeah. Less than 500 is small business. So, I mean, you're talking about a lot of business. You're talking about 90% of the business in America are small hmm. business. Right. So, if, if you're in a small business, how, how what, what process are you running your major decisions through to not be biased by things that are going to, you know, harm your, your, your future. Well, the, we, and, and we do, I mean, we all do it. The problem, the problem with getting the How data, do you get there. What, what is the process? The, the problem with getting the data and getting the opinion is your like your gut is to likely call your friend or call your dad. Who's going to confirm who, who, who needs, who, who wants to, to be hopeful and wants to be positive and wants to say, oh, you can do it, you at can least, do it. At least an encourager. Yeah. I yeah. mean, nobody really wants to be the guy to go, man, I think that this is really so, so what you're saying is step number yeah. one is is seek advice, not just from your, your close allies. Well, you seek, you seek advice from somebody who's willing to give it to you and give you the truth. Exactly right. Okay? Now, one of the things that, that you know I've been condemned for a lot in my, my lifetime is because I wasn't just a supporter. Yeah. Okay, I would. I was always the guy that would take the idea you brought to me and try to find the holes in it. Sure. Now, now there, I have friends who would recognize that about me and seek me out. Okay, to say, Dan, I've got this idea. Let me run this by you. Mm-hmm. Okay, find the holes in it because mm-hmm. that's what I do. Mm-hmm. And uh, and and I would do that, and they, they seek me out for it. Now, not always works so good when you're raising your kids, you know. And you know, they had to go to mama to get just, you know, just you know, comfort, you know, and support for whatever. Right. But, you know, dad was there to find the holes in it. Well, because a lot of times you can overcome the holes with extreme other circumstances, right? So a lot of times you look at the holes, especially from a dad's standpoint, because I'm I'm beginning to sit in that seat now. Joe is too, to where we go, well, son, look, I'm telling you, here's what the numbers tell me. (laughs) And I I want you to at least know. But then you want to keep him on the seat. (laughs) <laughs> also, exactly right, it's yeah. a balance. Oh, it is. Yeah, yeah. It's, always, it's always a balance, and you know. And to, to me, my, I always said that in order that you can you can always you can always fill the potholes. You can you can patch the holes, 
but not if you can't find them. <laughs> you got to know where they are. Yeah. Oh, there you go. That was our first. <laughs> surprised it took that long <laughs> it's been pretty engaging to not get to that point uh, well I, I agree you know i think that trying to find good counsel right now to where we're at about your small business or your idea of going into business or whatever it may be is premium you know your your buddy's probably not probably not the good your mom is probably not the right counsel for the most part and, and let me say this i mean we, we I, I, this will be a continuing theme in our podcast because we did name this podcast for a purpose we we put the word truth in there for for a reason because if if in our business and i think this applies to our relationships to our marriage to our life to our kids indeed if we are truly seeking the truth which means we're not seeking what we want to hear we're not, we may be pot committed or anchor biased in some form or fashion, but we can't let that avoid the truth. So if we're really seeking truth in our own small business, then, then we're, we're, we have to, to remove all these biases to pull in information to help us make good decisions. And so I think that's the first thing here is, is if you're going to survive in an environment that's unknown, which we are in, You've got to strip away all of these preconceived biases about what you've done well. It doesn't matter what you did in the past well. We're in a new environment. Our customer base is changing. Their idea of customer contact may forever change. There, there's just things going on here that we don't even know. And so if we're not willing to go, I've got to... I've got to, there's business principles that remain true, like customer service and answering your phones right. and basic stuff. That's but right. as far as the product you're delivering and what is important to your customer may change. You were just mentioned earlier about the, uh, the, 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 the laundromat bill or the, uh, the cleaners business, maybe delivery at $20 a pop may or may not be a viable option. Right. We need to, to evaluate it. That's right. If that's the core of our business, we need to evaluate. Well, and, and this is not the first time we've ever had a recession or even a depression in this country. Th right. There is data, there is history to look back and go, hey, who survived? How did they survive? What was We're not charting a brand new course. I mean, kind of made to feel that way, like this is the first time any version no, of this no, has no. ever happened. This is not the first time not this has all. happened. No. And one, one of the things I'd like to add about, about the truth, you're looking for the truth. We of, want the truth. Small business, we want the truth. Yeah. But we want the objective truth. Oh, here we go. Okay, and what is objective truth? <laughs> Preach it. Preach That's it, the truth <laughs> that is the truth, whether you believe it or not. Uh, Gosh. So uh, we don't want somebody uh, saying, uh, you know, I didn't get, I didn't get a, a dingy on. Oh, man. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Give it. Clap, clap, clap. No, no, you got to clap. <laughs> Oh, you want to clap? Hey, there we go. All right, all right. Because we, you know, in in uh, you know, in, in new age psychology and philosophy, yes. we hear them say, you know, well, my truth, my truth, is, Dan, my truth, my truth. No, I don't, I don't. I'm sorry, but I don't care, Dan. My about truth, your truth. Wait a minute, though. Wait a minute. We want the truth. No, 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 no. Objective truth. I'm sorry. My truth is I'm six foot four, 185 pounds of muscle, and better looking than you thought. you were. Better looking than Tom Cruise. That's my truth. All right. And there's a lawsuit against that if you believe differently. Yeah, you're uh you're about you're about a hundred million and a gem away oh, from that. Oh, oh that's that's, that's the that's big truth. That's the truth. That's the big truth. Well, I, I'm gonna say to wrap this up, to to me as we go through the biases, and you can rank these, right? We could go back and we could do a scale of which ones our experience has been. 
I think right now, given the massive amount of media that the average person consumes during the day, confirmation bias to me, if you're a small business owner and you're thinking about what your next steps are, listen, there's somebody out there to prove whatever your bias is. You can dial into a Absolutely. news outlet, to a, a talking head. It. You can always find someone. So, so I would just say, take what you believe to be true and then point it in the other direction. Let's find somebody on the other side, test right? It. Let's test that against yeah, the op opposing it. opinion. Yeah. Well, I mean, I know you tried to wrap us up here. We got eight more minutes. Do we? It's three twenty-two. We got to play golf at. Uh, we got eight. We got eight more minutes. I wouldn't want to. Dan the man. I got it. Some other I got to hit balls. I got hit balls. No, you don't have to. Right. Hit balls. Okay. All right. I won't hit so balls the, for that. So the real truth is, is that Travis is trying to wrap up a very viable <laughs> podcast. Because he is not fit enough to go hit golf balls without wow, one another. Oh, this is all cool. Well, we, he has some kind of confirmation. The hard truth. truth. <laughs> wow. This is, this is perhaps more truth than I signed up for. <laughs> but we've, so I want to give at least the business guy a couple more, a couple more things to think about. The one, the one thing is, is we, we just said it, we, that you, you, you be careful to, 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 to go to people in your sphere that are going to confirm what you already believe. Right. You're looking for people who are willing to challenge your belief. Looking for the holes in it. Yeah. And, 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 and in that, if you truly are looking for viable information, you have to tell them the full truth of what's going on in your business. Yes. You can't expose bits and pit. You got to give them it all so they can, can give their full, their full opinion. Um, so that's number one. And uh, I don't have number two, but I'm going to well, give number two to Dan the man. No, no, no. Dan, what's what's the second process by which they should be? Well, let, 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 let me step in though. <laughs> but before we go to number two, you, the the point you just made, be prepared. So if I'm going to get real information, be prepared to be transparent. Maybe I need to talk about a part of my business. I mean, it's not just the idea. So Joe and I are in the property management business. It's not just the idea of whether or not somebody we know thinks that's viable. No. I mean, it's specifically catered to our business it is so i mean i gotta give you some details, you some details. maybe i gotta tell you some of the stuff i haven't been doing long before the virus absolutely that's coming to head right now with because to me this virus deal is exposing everything right we were talking about this before it's really kind of exposing the fat of a good economy mm -hmm. and and what what have we allowed in our business because frankly the market was just good well we used to say this uh back when i uh, worked it uh for uh a gentleman at Chick-fil-A, he used to always say that, that sales covers a multitude of sins. In a good economy, it just covers a multitude it of does. sins. Right. True. When the economy starts to shrink a little bit, things get a little tight, people start to be aware of what they're spending, it exposes what they're going to spend their money on. Right. What are the most important things? What are the things I'm, that I got to have? What are the things I, I need? And what am I willing to spend for it? Mm. It just exposes that. Right. And uh, the people that have built a business model around that – are more prone to make it here too. Well, and I, th I think one of the people that you look to for the absolute here is your customer is, is the feedback. So Joe and I got a call today from a customer. We had a situation go a little sideways with a, a kind of a very basic repair issue. It shouldn't have, but it did. It was a vendor issue. So we, we talked and we handled that, but when we hang up, what do we think about? We think about for that customer, what is the decision they would make to fire us ultimately, right? To say, well, you know, your service is not valuable enough at this time for me. So I always tell people who are an employee at a business, you know, make yourself unfireable, right? 
make it impossible for your boss to walk in and go, well, I don't want Dan to work here anymore. I and mean, we'll just cut him because times are tough. I mean, I think that's the advice to small business right now too. And maybe one of the people to, to look at or to poll most directly is your customer. Right? Oh, it's huge. Oh, it is. It is. Uh, one, one of the things that, that, uh, that we, we talked about at Motorola when I worked there, because without customers, there is no business, right? right. And you've heard, uh, you've heard the, ter- the, uh, the term that the customer is always right. Well, at Motorola, we didn't believe the customer was always right. Mm. Okay. The customer actually is not always right, mm. but they are always the customer. Mm. Mm. I like that. Oh, it's good stuff. I like that. You know, yeah. You know, That's right, and uh, you can, and you can, and I was, and I was famous for it because I was a, I was a, a, a consulting engineer. I would go to the field with salespeople and talk to the customers, and the salespeople would have set a premise sometimes about what our system could do that the that the customer thought we could do, we couldn't do it. Not salespeople. No, oh, wait a no. minute. So, so we get there, and now I'm the bad guy, right? I'm bringing bad news. I'm saying, yeah. sorry, Mister Customer. Yeah. You know, we can't do that. The system doesn't work like that, but. Let's let's look deeper into what your need is and see what we can do to meet your need. I'm confident we can meet your need. So the customer is not always right, but they are always. So the I want to close on that because that's very. I like that. I, I've not heard it the the back half of that, right. which is the customer is always a customer. Mm-hmm. Um, if you think about Apple and Steve Jobs. He absolutely didn't believe the customer was right. No, he did not. He, he, he didn't think the customer had any clue of what they, they wanted. They, they didn't want what they wanted. He, they knew, they want. he believed he knew what they wanted better than what they did. Uh, right. And they when I even, showed they it to them, they were wanting yeah, That's right. How, how do they yeah. know what they want until we tell until them? Until we show it. Right, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> they had no vision. And, and, you know, and how successful was that? Apple is the most expensive company in the world. No doubt. The most valuable company. So the customer is always the customer. And so, even though they're not always right, our challenge is small business. We'll, we'll finish. Can we finish on this one, Travis? Let's finish, yeah. Even though they're not always right, we have to figure out in our business to make them feel good about what they're getting and do the right thing. Exactly. Because they are the customer. And, and, they and, are the customer. And, and by the way, who's the only one that knows that? Well. Is the customer. It's the customer. Are you bold enough? To, to ask to call them. your customer and make the ask. But I am bold enough to do this right Let's here. Let's hear it. We got the truth. Come on, Dan. We, we got, got the truth. I've asked, I've asked Travis. We got, got the truth. Small business. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> we got the truth. I'm pulling down. We got the truth. We got the big truth of small Sing business. It. Sponsored by Yes, I Rent. Yes, I Rent. Yes, I rent property management. Replace good tents and collect your rent. Maintain your properties and account for it. Truth. We got the truth. Yeah, baby. We got the truth. We got the big truth. Small business sponsored by Yes, I rent. Yeah, hey, we're signing out. Joe, Travis, and Dan the man. Thanks for listening today.